Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, last week we were talking about healing. Do you remember what we were talking about? Reasons why you should expect to be healed. We're going to continue on healing tonight, by the way. And I may be saying a lot of things that were said last week, but I'm going to say them again anyway. So anyway, let's just run through the, some of the reasons we gave. They're not, this is not a comprehensive list, but it's a pretty good list to start with. Number one, because God has healed in the Old Testament and he has not changed. Number two, reasons why you should expect to be healed because Christ died to atone for our sicknesses as well as our sins. And we're not going to go into any detail of these. You have to get the, the uh, CD, the, on the podcast, whatever you want to call it, you know, to go over them all in depth. Number three, because all sickness is a result of Satan's work when he brought sin into the world, and Jesus was made manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. Number four, because the same spirit that worked through Jesus and raised him from the dead is still here and at work today. And number five, because Jesus' last great commission and God's direct command was that healing is provided for you. Jesus went about everywhere healing. And he hasn't changed. He's going about everywhere today, healing. Hallelujah. And last but not least, just of our set of reasons of why we can expect to be healed is because of God's marvelous promises, the fulfillment of which depends entirely on our exercise of faith. That's how we, why we can expect to be healed. Those are just some of the reasons. But tonight, I'm going to, we're going to talk about some hindrances to healing. Now, Dad Hagen talks about some of these, and so we took, took three of them. We're going to break one of the last one down into a lot of different parts. But uh, these are the three basic reasons that people do not get healed. Number one, because they don't know that healing's available. It's not only available, it is already deposited in your account. Don't you just love that? That when something, you know, that is owed to you just gets automatically deposited in your account. Maybe, you know, you had some kind of an overage somewhere and, and they've got your account number so they just put it back in your account. You know, we had an account when man first came on the scene that involved living a healed and whole life. And Satan came and he took it away. And God has automatically redeposited it in your account. He put it back. I mean, when you got born again, you signed up for all of the benefits. And he automatically deposited that in an account that all you have to do is draw on. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? You know, and, and so many people don't know that healing belongs to them. You know, we, we, we deal with this thing all the time about uh, with people that they know God can, but they don't understand that God not only can, God will. And not only it, will, he, will he heal you, he is eager to heal you. It's not just a matter, well, I can, okay, I can, I will. No, he's like, yes, let me give you this. Let, let me just make this manifest in your life. He is so eager for you to have it. But, you know, you got to get that through to people. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. And, and, and we found, you know, found ourselves, you know, saying things like, well, you know, sometimes God heals and, well, sometimes God doesn't. Or sometimes God chooses to, to do this or that. And, well, sometimes we don't really understand these things that, you know, why God puts sicknesses on. Well, number one, God didn't put sickness on you. That's, that's where we start. God didn't put it there. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We, we, and the thing about it was my, my own parents, which my dad's in heaven, so, you know, if he hears me say this, he won't mind because he'll know I'm telling you the truth. My mother used to say, you know, I'd say, well, why, you know, why don't y'all come, you know, over on a Sunday, go to church with it. And my mother would say, 
well, you know, your daddy, you know, he, he says, well, we, we don't really believe just like y'all believe. And I went, what? Seems, seems that my parents hadn't read the statement of faith of their own denomination in a while. In their own statement of faith, the denomination Pastor and I were raised in says clearly in black and white, and I guess it still says it to this day, that we believe that healing was provided for all in the atonement. And I'm thinking, my, I, was thinking I didn't say it to my mother, but I, see, I thought to myself, we believe more of what you say you believe than you believe. I mean, we actually practice that. We actually say that. We actually believe that. We actually share that. We actually promote that. That healing was provided for all in the atonement. What Jesus did on the cross, he did completely and thoroughly. He didn't lack anything. Nothing was left out of the package. And so people don't seem to understand that healing is yours already. And you, you've got to get people to the place where they, they see that, they understand that, and then they can move on in that. But God is, is he's provided it for us. You know, so that really I covered two things at one time. Is number one, people don't know that healing's available. And number two, they don't know that it's always God's will to heal. When in Matthew 8... The leper came to Jesus and he said, if you can, you can heal me. And Jesus not only said, he can, I can. He said, I will. Now, one translation says, of course I want to. Of course I want to. Jesus is still saying that today, folks. When you go to him asking him for healing, you know, he's saying, of course I want to. Why? Because it's already been provided. You know, we just have to get it clear in, in our heads and in our hearts, in our hearts first and foremost, because, you know, you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. You know, your head can be giving you just fits. I mean, your mind can be telling you all these things, and in your heart, you, you're sure. You just know without a shadow of a doubt, healing is mine. It belongs to me. You don't have to beg God for anything. God is eager to heal. He is eager to show himself strong on your behalf. He is eager to see your body walk in the kind of health that he always intended for man to walk in. Healing didn't have to, didn't have to even happen until after Adam sinned. When Adam and Eve were created, there was no sickness. None. There was no reason to have healing because there was no re need for healing. Their bodies were perfect their bodies were complete. There was, there was no death. There was no, no reason, you know, for there to be healing. But once man sinned and sin entered, sin began to affect the human part of our body, the physical part of our body. And so Jesus had to come to die for that as well as for our sins. And, uh, you know, there is, there's just every reason in the world for us to, to look at what God's done for us and understand that it belongs to us totally and completely without reservation, without question. That There's never a time when God will look at anybody and say, nope, not today, honey. Nope, not for you. He never says it. If you look over in the New Testament at all the times that, that the crowds were brought to Jesus, it says he healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. And the only examples that we have where he did not heal people, he attributed it to their unbelief. And in the middle of all those multitudes, there was somebody just like you, just like you, who had the same thoughts in their head, who had the same reservations that you have, and yet they came to Jesus expecting and he healed them. He didn't accuse them. He didn't say, well, you know, you can't do this. You can't do And I'm getting ahead of myself. Stop that. Um, there are times when we don't need to look at other people who have not gotten their healing. I don't care who doesn't get healed. I believe healing belongs to me. 
I don't care what somebody else's experience was, how they, how they didn't, maybe they died, but, you know, I, I have, got, have to get to the place where it doesn't matter what somebody else did or did not do. All I have to be concerned is what matters to me, and what matters to me is what's in the Word of God. What God has said, what God has promised, what God has delivered on, that's what matters. Doesn't matter what other people think. You know, there are there are times when when people say, "Well, this sickness," because there's this this verse over in um, I forgot to write it down, didn't I? Um, oh, over in John eleven four, where Jesus was talking about Lazarus, and he said, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God." And see, people will use that verse. And they'll say, see there, you know, sickness is for God's glory. Listen, God's got a lot of ways to get glory besides putting sickness on somebody. He doesn't need to make you sick to get glory. You know, if we as believers are doing what we ought to be doing, we, we would be continually giving glory to God. There's as much glory in a life that's always well as there is in somebody who, got, who was sick who got healed. To be able to walk in divine health gives as much glory to God as anybody who had any kind of a disease who got healed. Thank God healing is available for us. Thank God it's, it belongs to us. Thank God we can have it at any time, at any day, at any hour, in any place, in any circumstance, and to whatever degree that we need it. You know, but, so you, know, you have to understand that God doesn't put sickness on anybody, and, and that's part of the problem. You know, there, there's so many people who do say that God put this on me for some reason. I just don't know what. Well, God, I, I don't know about you, but we heard this a lot going, well, God's just teaching me something. We'll find out what it is and get past it. If God is really using sickness to teach you something, why are you taking medicine? If God's really using sickness to get your attention, to teach you something, why are you going to the doctor? If in his divine plan, he chose to make you sick to teach you something, why are you doing everything but learning what he's trying to teach you? Come on. You know, why, if that's God's will for you, then isn't going to the doctor against the will of God? Doesn't make a bit of sense, now does it? Not one little bit of sense. And uh, so people look at that, and, and they just they say all kinds of things. They go back to Job. You know, Job, said, Job made this famous statement. Oh, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And they think, well, that's, see, that, that's God. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Look at Job. I mean, he just loved God so much that he just, you know, if even he said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I mean, that's just such a picture of, of just devotion to God. No, that was stupid. Because he didn't recognize where his problems were originating from. You know, the things that we see recorded in a book like Job are recorded accurately that Job said them. But just because Job said it doesn't mean it's true. God's not in the business of slaying anybody. And if you look through the book of Job, you know, you go to the end, you know, you, you find out that Job's biggest problem was, he said it himself, the thing that I feared most has come upon me. He was afraid of losing his things and his children and his life. And he was afraid. And fear opened the door for that. And he didn't recognize that. He didn't see it for what it was. And so people use that scripture a lot of times to, to say that, well, somehow, you know, God, you know, is, is doing this. It's somehow in the plan of God. It's not in God's plan. Never has been, never will be. And you and I need to, need to just always make sure that stays established in our hearts. Just stays established. That it is never God's plan for your life for you to be sick. Not one single moment. Not even with a sniffle. Not even with a stuffy nose. None of that is God's plan or God's will for you. Now, we're going to get into the biggest one. It's got a lot of parts here. And one of the biggest hindrances to healing is you're not prepared to receive healing. You know, uh, John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask whatever you will and it'll be done for you. Problem is, you know, a lot of people don't abide in the word. 
They don't know what the word is, is said about healing. They don't, they're not completely sure about what the word is. They don't know enough to believe God for healing. What do you mean you don't know enough? Well, b- because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, they have not developed their faith to the place that they can receive the healing that God intended for them to have. You know, you know the Bible talks to us about renewing our minds. And that's sometimes where the biggest battle is fought is right here. We can't, we can't keep faith in our heart because we let our mind yank it out of there constantly. You know, it's like the guy who went out and he planted, planted some seeds in the ground. And the next day came and dug it up to see what what it looked like, had it grown any. See, that's what doubt will do for you. You plant some seeds in in the ground of your heart, in that soil of your heart, and you want to come back later and take it up and take a look at it. That's what your mind is telling you to do. It says, go dig that up and go take a look at it. Dig it up and go take a look at it. Dig it up and go take a look. You need to plant it in there and let it get rooted and established so you can be grounded in those kind of things. Hallelujah. In Luke 5 and in Luke 6, the people came to hear and be healed. Matthew 4 says, Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. There's an order to that. Teaching, you have to use teaching to be able to get get firmly established in what the Word of God has said. Preaching will come along and it will inspire you. You ever heard somebody, I mean, a, I mean a real fiery preacher, get going. I mean, you walk out of here, you're pumped. You're inspired. But that inspiration doesn't always last. You know, it sounds good and you get all excited. You know, it may not, the subject may not be healing necessarily, but, but a good preacher, I mean, they can have you on the edge of your seats running and shouting and, and everything. And, and, then, and by Tuesday, they're going, what was that he said? But I'm telling you what, when you get established in the word that's been taught, then you've got something concrete to go back to no matter what the day or the hour. No matter whether you're by yourself or whether you're with somebody. When you've been taught, and Brother Hagen, you know, in some of his earlier meetings, he would advertise that he'd be praying for the sick. And you had to get there. I remember some of the early services we went to years ago. He was still doing this. And if you intended to be prayed for that night in the healing line, you intended to get in the healing line, you took a card before the service. You had to sit through this teaching service on healing before you got prayed for. Because if you go back and you study some of the evangelists, healing evangelists and all, and, and you look at some of their track records, a lot of people got healed during the healing revival of the 50s and the 60s. And yet, if you go back and look, if those people who got healed did not get established in the Word of God, the vast majority, and I cannot remember what the percentages was, um, the vast majority of those people did not keep their healing. Didn't keep it. But Brother Hagen said that many times that the people that came to his meetings that would sit there through the teaching would be taught the Word of God. And sometimes he would be in a, in a place where he would be there for a week or two weeks or even three weeks, and he'd teach on healing almost every service. And he wouldn't have a healing service actually laying on hands and praying for people until the end of those meetings when those people had been established in what the Word says about healing. And his percentage rate was phenomenal of the people who got healed and stayed healed. That's why if somebody is new to us and they come up in the healing line, you know there are people who come just because they hear about a church that believes in healing and lays hands on the sick. Not everybody does that. We've had several visitors just in the last six months who came in and said, um, are, 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 we, are, pe- are people that are sick going to get prayed for today? And we're, Absolutely. At the end of the service, yes, we'll be doing that. And they don't, they've never been in a service. They've heard of it, but they've never been in a place that preaches about healing, that it is God's will for you to be healed, it's God's desire for you to be healed, that you're always supposed to be healed, and there's a healing anointing present to heal you when the word is taught. And so we're able to give them this little book, How to Keep Your Healing. 
You know, and it's important that people who get their healing from one way that, you know, healing comes many ways. Sometimes it's just on your own faith. You know, Coral's a great example of that. She knows what the Word says. She dealt with it. You know, Eric and Jenna, where, where little, little Miss Ellie was concerned, you know, they know what the Word says. And so they put it into, into action because the Word says, is, I can depend on this. Then there's the laying on of hands. There's, there's gifts of healings. There's many different ways that actual healing will come, you know, may, be, may manifest in your body. But let me tell you what, the way to get your healing and keep your healing is based on the Word. That will keep you healed. Because if you don't understand how to keep your healing, the enemy's going to do just what he did there and just what he did there. He'll come back and he will try to convince you that's not real. That's not permanent. That was just a fluke. That was temporary. You know, and if you don't know what the Word says and you're not able to stand on the Word, you will go, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe, I, I, maybe, it, maybe it really wasn't for me. Maybe it really didn't take. But you know what? When you stand on the Word, you can be sure every single time that God's at work in you. And so, you know, faith, I think Pastor said this not re- real recently, a slightly different way, but faith is not a blind leap, but an educated step. And the way you get educated is to learn. And how you learn, getting in the Word. That's how you learn that. That's how you, that's how, that is, that's really the best way. It really is. Because that's sure to take and to stay when you get, get your healing that way. Uh, faith is not mind over matter, but God's Word over the matter. I think I said this last week about talking about heart faith and head faith. Well, when it's in your head, it's really not faith. It's just positive thinking. Now, you've got to keep your mind in gear so that, it's, so that it's in gear with what the Word says. And on that, just on that level alone, I guess you could call it positive thinking. But really, that's renewing your mind. It's a lot more than just positive thinking. You know, anybody who has a positive outlook on life is a whole lot nicer to be around. A lot more pleasant to be around than somebody who's a negative Nelly all the time. You know, so that's, that's good that you have a positive outlook. But just a positive outlook will not help you get a hold of your healing. Many's the person who said, oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, yes. But they don't follow it up by saying, because the word says, you know you're fine. You know it's fine. You know your body is doing what your body's supposed to be doing. Your body is, is responding to the healing power of God. Why? Because the word says. Not just because, well, you know, I, I just know it's going to be okay. Well, I just, my, I, I know people all, all the time. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Hey, you're going but you didn't add anything to that. Why do you know it's going to be okay? Just because you think that just because you say it's going to be okay, that's all it takes? No, it's because the Word says. you got to have something to base that on. And this is what you base it on. Hallelujah. So, if you're not prepared to, to receive healing, why are you not prepared to receive healing? Number one, let's see. I'm going to get these out of the order I've got these written down in. How about that? Um, number one thing you need to deal with is an attitude of, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. Listen, we can all get caught up in that. Many years ago, 30 years ago, I think it was, I um, had a little fit of carnality, we'll call that, call it that way. And I hauled, I was mad, and I hauled off and kicked something and broke my toe. And somebody said, well, I got to church later, you know, I said something, I broke my toe. And they said, well, why don't you just pray for it? And I went, no, I deserve everything I got. <laughs> you know, even when I do something stupid, I still deserve to be healed. 
Because in Hebrews it says that we can come boldly to the throne of God where we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, I could have gone to the throne of God and said, Father, I need to obtain some mercy here because I was an idiot. You know, I really, I was acted foolishly. That wasn't right. I was, you know, just being flesh and, and I caused myself this injury and I could have obtained grace to help heal that toe. You know, but there are people who, that, that's just a silly little thing, but there are still people who think, well, I, 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 don't, I don't deserve, you know, I don't, I don't deserve that. Listen, you deserve that and a whole lot more because Jesus died for you. Jesus provided for you. God himself sent his son. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, perish doesn't mean just dying and going to hell. Perishing is also referencing healing. He doesn't want you to perish because you're not well. He wants you well. And so just that whole idea of not being deserving of God, listen, when none of us deserved it, but we don't come to God on the basis of, basis of what we in and of ourselves deserve, but we come on the basis of we deserve what Jesus provided for us that we've been made alive with him, that we've been made joint heirs with Jesus, that what belongs to him belongs to me, that what he accomplished in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, his ascension, the price he paid to redeem us, we partake of that without reservation. And you can look at some other verses. 1 Peter 2.9 says we are a chosen generation. Chosen. God saw you down through the ages of time before you were thought about, before your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great, and all the way back, before anybody knew anything about you ever existing. God knew you. He chose you. He chose you to be a divine recipient of his power. Mm-hmm. You were already marked by God as somebody he could pour out his goodness on. Already divinely appointed that whatever time, whatever place, whatever need you would ever have was already taken care of. So don't ever say you don't, you're not worthy. You don't deserve it. You know, that old sin consciousness needs to go. It just needs to go. Because that's all that is. Is the enemy just making you aware of what you were at one time before Jesus. Don't let him do that to you. You just tell him no. Ephesians 1.4 says you were chosen for the foundation of the world. Colossians 1.2 says he's made us worthy. You know, we talked about John 3.16 for God so loved. Uh, you know, it just, it makes sense. That if God's love and his grace and his mercy reached down to us to heal us, I mean, to, to, to rid us of our sins so that we could become like him, that we could become children of God, that we become part of his family, then it encompasses all of this. It encompasses healing. And he doesn't want you to ever do without. Hallelujah. You won't ever get Healed if you don't expect to be healed. That's why we talked last week about reasons why we could expect to be healed. And, and, and being worth God's healing power, you had need to understand that. But that's the reason a lot of people don't get well. For whatever reason, you know, they're having like me at that point in my life where I broke my toe. I just felt like, you know, I, just, I failed miserably and you know, this, is, this is just what I get for it. You know? But God's just saying, just... Just say, you know, just ask for some forgiveness, you know, and then pick up your healing and go. That's all you got to do. It really doesn't take but just seconds to say, Lord, forgive me. And why? Because then you are back in a place again of being confident 
of his willingness to work in your life. Um, How about, I don't have enough faith. My faith isn't strong enough. Oh, have you ever heard that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I just, I just don't have enough faith. Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. There are, there are times, if you look through the word, he talks about weak faith, little faith, great faith, no faith, exceedingly growing faith. But then Matthew 17, 2 says, if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, You'll save this mountain, be, be removed. You know, just look at just that little bit of faith as, a, as a, like a starter for bread. Anybody ever made bread and you had to get a starter from somebody? Well, God's already provided the starter. He's got the little starter little thing here. That all you got to do is use the starter and just take it and go. And you can make some beautiful bread out of it. Hallelujah. Isn't that nice? Because that, Healing is the children's bread. Um, You do have faith, even though you say you might not. You do. Well, how do I know you do? Well, number one, it took faith to get born again. Took faith. It took faith to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It took faith the first time you talked in tongues. It took faith every time you speak in tongues now. That same faith is the same faith that gets you healed. Same faith. Same faith. If you can believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you can receive your healing on that same faith. Because you've got it. You've got it. It is yours. It is in you. It is within your power and your ability to believe God. So don't ever say, I don't have enough faith. My faith isn't strong enough. You know, some people will say, well, it's easier to believe God for others than for myself. Well, that sounds really, you know, uh, I don't know. I I wouldn't even characterize that. You know why it's easier for you to believe God for somebody else? Because you don't have a horse in that race. So if they don't get healed, really, you're really not believing God. When you say, if you say that, well, it's easier for me to believe God for somebody else's healing than for my own. No, you're really not believing God. It's just that it doesn't affect you. Well, I would be sad if they if something happened to them. Well, you might be sad, but it really doesn't affect you. Now, does it? Unless it was somebody close to you, whether they got healed or not. It's not your body that's hurting. It's not your body. So you you can be a little. Sometimes we're a little glib when somebody asks us to pray for them. Can I say that? Sometimes we're just a little like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As though it's, you know, it really is not that important to us. Listen, if you ever have an opportunity to pray with somebody or for somebody, you need to treat it as though it's your own body that's being affected by the prayers you're praying and by the faith that you're putting toward it. Because it is. It is. And there are people who depend on us to help them. Because I found that there are times when you need somebody else's assistance to push through. Just like if you were in a weight room, you know, spotters in a weight room, they're not there to lift the weights. But they're there just to, to make, in case you need something, they're there to, to give you that extra boost to be able to, to lift that weight off of you. That's what a prayer of agreement with somebody a lot of times is. It's not that they're believing God for us. Because that's not possible. The weightlifter has to lift the weight himself or he's disqualified. But he's got a spotter there just in case he should get into a little trouble who can help, help him just a little bit. Keep him from falling. Hallelujah. Um, hallelujah. Let's see. All right. We'll move on here. Um, How about this? One of those things we're not prepared to receive healing is we're either in sin or maybe in disobedience. I know people don't like to talk about that. And I know last week, you know, know, I made some references to this. But what sin will actually do, it keeps you from receiving what belongs to you. It doesn't keep God from making it available to you. God's always going to make it available to you 
But sin, when we put something there, it just keeps us from receiving what God's already provided. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of things that we need to get taken care of to receive healing like we should. You know, there's, there's just, um, you know, maybe I should get past my little anger of the toe thing. You know, I don't think I've ever kicked anything like that ever again. I did learn my lesson from that one. Um, you know, maybe it's an anger issue. Maybe it's a, an unforgiveness issue. You know, there's a lot of aspects of that you can talk about. We won't go into all that tonight. There is disobedience. Has God been talking to you about doing a particular thing or not doing something? Have we obeyed him? Have we not obeyed him? You know, I know when my children were disobedient, I still loved them, but our fellowship was not like it ought to be at the moment. And when they'd been disobedient, they couldn't come to mama because they, they, they weren't going to, they'd have no expectation of getting something good from mama until they got taken care of what they were being disobedient about. Well, the same thing is true with us sometimes. When we're being disobedient, God's going, just make it right. Just make it right. Just take care of it. Just, you know, why are we so disobedient sometimes? Because we've got an idea that we know something better, that, well, that's going to cost me too much. Well, that's going to, you know, that's going to inconvenience me. That's going to take away from this or that or the other. That's going to cost me somehow. I don't, you know, I just, sometimes you're just simply be honest. And you say, I don't want to. Just be honest with God because he knows the answer. I just don't want to. That's why I'm not doing it. I just don't want to. Well, you know, if you don't want to, fine. Then you can just be sick. Because God's healing power works best in obedient children. You know, obedience opens the door for God to move in and do what he wants to do. To do what he does best, and that's to heal you. You know, there is... Sometimes it's just really interesting to me that sometimes people don't get healed because they go to God for healing and they're not willing to listen to what he's got to say about what to do to obtain that healing. There sometimes there are actions that go along with receiving our healing. Can you imagine? I mean, I looked up a couple of things this afternoon late over in Mark. Let's go look at this. Now, this is something that... uh, if, you know, you might have a problem with this if Jesus told you that he, he was going to do this. And Matthew 7, verse 32. I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Mark, 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 Mark 7. Because, listen, I had somebody, I've had somebody, well, I've had a couple of times at least when people talk to me about healing and, and they've already decided that, that this, this one avenue they're not going to do. I, am, I will not do that. I had a lady tell me years ago uh, who had some lung issues and they had something, something genetic ran in her family and, and she said, I will not have a lung transplant. I will not have one. I said, well, have you asked God what he's got to say about it? See, a lot of times God wants to, he wants to, to customize a healing path for us, but we're not willing to go down. If it's the sniffles, it's no big deal whether you want to or not. It'll, you'll get over it. You know, it'll pass. You'll get over your cold. You'll get past the flu, whether God heals you or whether you even ask him to heal you. It will run its course and it'll be over. But there are things that have come to kill you. And you cannot afford to decide what you will or you won't do to address that problem. You need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, how do I handle this? Okay, I'm going to stand on the word. Now, what kind of action do I need to take? Over here in Mark 7, verse 32. um, 
Uh, starting verse 31 and again departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis and they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they beseech him to put his hand upon him and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears oh that's not bad put his fingers in my ears okay not, not bad and he spit and touched his tongue now how many of you want somebody to spit and touch your tongue I suspect the guy Whoa! You know, there's a lot of things. Can you imagine? Okay, to get healed, you have to let me spit on my finger and touch your tongue with it. In the Old Testament, Naaman went to the prophet and he told him to go dip in that old muddy Jordan seven times. What? What? You know, you don't know who I am? You want me to go dip in that old muddy river seven times? Why don't you just do what God said do? God was speaking through the prophet in the Old Testament. God speaks to, spoke to Jesus. I mean, you think this was Jesus' idea? I, I, you know, he's just being led by the Holy Ghost. And so he, he, you know, he spit and then touched his tongue. And the man was healed. Go with me to, you're in Mark 7, go with me to Mark 8. Uh, starting in verse 22, and he come to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man to him, and he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Again, with the spit thing. I don't know what the spit thing was, you know, going on here, you know, but spit on his eyes, you know, and got healed. There's some unusual manifestations. You know, if you're in a healing service with somebody who's got a, a healing anointing, there could be unusual things, unusual demonstrations of the way God wants to heal. But you know what? You can't dismiss all those kind of things. If God tells you to do a certain thing, you think, I don't want to do that. Your disobedience can cost you your healing. So there's a lot of, a lot of ways, you know, that we can get ourselves in trouble and not be able to receive what God intends for us to have. I remember a story of a pastor, a friend of ours years ago, had a lady in their church who'd been with them for several years, and she developed cancer and was, I mean, at death's door. Now, these pastors had a significant healing ministry, and they had her in church one night, and the pastor's wife was extremely bold, is all I can say. I, I, mean, think, I just think, think, well, God, this had to be you, because I wouldn't, I, I can't imagine anybody ever doing this. Anyway, she, she brought this lady up before she prayed for her, and she said, is, is, do you have anything against anyone? And she's going, you, are you having a problem walking in? Have you, you have a problem walking in love with anybody? Oh no, don't have any problem. She looked up to the congregation and she said, "Is there anybody in here who has a problem with this lady that she's offended you at some point?" And many, many people stood up. And when this lady saw that, she broke down in tears and said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. When she did that, she was healed. You know, we can't dismiss those kind of things. Sometimes, you know, we have the arrogant attitude that we've offended nobody. Oh, no, I'm walking in love. No problem. I'm, I'm, you know. Stop and consider. If you're not getting your healing, maybe you should ask God about, you know, is there something that I'm, I'm doing that is keeping healing power from flowing in my life? And if he says, you need to take care of this, then take care of it. Amen. So, um, how about fear? I'm not going to get through. Oh, my goodness. Um, fear. You know, fear is, is one of those things that the enemy brings into our lives to keep you from actually getting in faith. Fear and faith do not abide the same room. Lori and I were talking just this week, you know, about the fact that you have to, when you're, when you're facing something deadly, you've got to keep fear under control. Absolutely 100% because fear will paint you a wrong picture every time. It'll paint you the direst, 
most horrific, uh, deadly picture, if you will let it. There are people who say, well, I, you know, I, no, I'm going to be fine. I won't, I, I'm not going to the doctor. I'll be fine. That's just fear. It's just fear. When people say, I just want you to pray that there's a, I have a good report. No, you want to pray that you have an accurate report. The person says, I just, I just want to pray and believe God for a good report. That's fear talking. Why? Because they don't want anything to be there. Well, what am I going to do if, it's, if it really is something? You're going to face it with the word. That's what you're going to do. Fear says, oh, I just want a good report. Listen, people have gotten good reports and died because medicine is not always right. I know a story of somebody who worked in the medical field who had a lady who came in that had a mammogram every single year. She showed up one year with cancer had spread all through her body. And she was just curious. And so she went back to look at some, some earlier years. And she looked at it, And there was a spot like three years before that they had missed. When you go to a doctor or have any test done, you want an accurate report, not a good report. And if it's good, wonderful. If it's not good, that's okay too because God's at work in me. God's working in me. God's healing power is at work in me. You don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. You can't ignore symptoms because you don't want to find out. The longer you put it off, the more difficult you're going to make the situation if there is something to it. And if there's nothing to it, then you have wasted a lot of time worrying. You have wasted a lot of time worrying. I mean, I, I said I had, you know, about five years after, after I'd had cancer, you know, we found a lump. And I, I called pastor, I said, you know, after this little visit, and I said, okay, this is what they found, but you know what? I'm just choosing not to be concerned about it at all because right now I don't know if it's anything. If it's, if it's nothing, I'm, I've wasted my time. And if it's something, then we will deal with it as it comes and take care of it. And that's the attitude we all need to have. Do not let fear dictate to you what you think or what you do. You take a hold of it and you meet it with the word. When these thoughts come up, deal with the fear. And then start putting healing word on your, on your issue. And I'm going to uh, skip down here. Okay, one, one, one thing, the reason sometimes that we don't get healed why there's a hindrance in our head is that we're out beyond our faith level. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourself whether you're in faith. Is my faith in my head or in my heart? Am I, am I really believing God for this or, or should I back it up? Keith Moore tells a story that I absolutely love and it's so true. He said he went to see a man who was in the hospital and he was in significant pain. And they really didn't expect him to recover. And so he went to the man. He was trying to, to gauge where his faith was at the time. And the man says, I, I just, I just, and when you're in that kind of pain, it's hard to put your attention on the word. But he said, I tell you what, why don't we just believe that the pain does not get any worse? He came back the next day and the man said, Brother Keith, the pain's not any worse than it was yesterday. It's, it's not gotten worse. Because he'd been daily seeing an increase in pain. And so when he came back, that, Brother Moore came back that next day. He said, Brother Moore, he said, the pain's it's not, it's not, as, it's not any worse. It's not any worse. He said, well, great, brother. He said, now let's believe that the pain is better tomorrow than it was today. Can you believe that? And he goes, yeah, I can believe that. See, he'd already had a faith success story was just you think well that's minor no it's not minor he had a faith success that helped him build his faith every step of success you have in this arena builds your faith for the next step so anyway now they're believing God that tomorrow the pain's going to be a little better so when he came back the next day how's your pain it's better today than it was yesterday brother Keith well, let's just, keep do, let's just keep moving that direction. So they went that direction for several days. You know, Brother Keith, it's better today than it was yesterday. Brother Keith, it's better today than it was yesterday. Brother Keith, it was better today than it was yesterday. Now several days goes by and Brother Keith's not been able to go to the hospital. So he comes back and he comes to the man's room. The man's room's empty. And he's going, where is he? Oh, he went home. He went home. 
See, you have to gauge where you're at. I, I went to someone's room years ago who was facing a serious situation and they were just going to believe God for the moon. And I said, why don't you just believe for this segment? Listen, it's easier for you to build your faith a step at a time, one step at a time, and get 100%. When you get 100% of what you're standing for, that boosts your ability to believe God. I have been there. Would I like for this lump in my neck to be gone without having to do anything? Yeah, but I wasn't there. What I could believe for was that we could get the surgery done and it was going to be, everything was going to be fine. And it's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. You need to understand where your faith level is. Where is it that you can plug in and get 100% of what you're believing? Be honest with yourself. Of course it sounds like a grand testimony to say, I had cancer and God delivered me of cancer. How about I had cancer and, and God brought me through it step by step as I, as I could put my faith on it. That, the end result is the same, folks. But in the middle of all that, your faith increases step by step by step. And so sometimes we just need to understand where our faith level is. And lastly, sometimes we don't get completely in because we give up when the results don't come quickly and easily. We want to, poof, it's done. But you know what? Luke 17, 14 says, as they went, they were healed. Mark 16, 18 says, and they began to recover. Jeremiah 30, verse 17 says, I will restore health to you, and I will heal you of your wounds. Sometimes healing is over the process of time. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's, it began, you began to amend. But you have to understand that if, that if at, at a certain point, when your faith makes contact, that is the moment in which healing, anointing, enters your body. You may not see a complete manifestation of it right that minute, but healing power is at work in you. And it will accomplish, if you will just stay with it, it will accomplish what it is intended to accomplish. And there's a song we used to sing, the word is working mightily in me. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. And so, you know, I just want you to keep those things in mind. When it doesn't seem like it's working, you need to go back through a checklist and just see, okay, are, have, are there some blockages here? What do I need to deal with? You know, and you can review these things, and I won't take time because I'm two minutes over. I was two minutes early last week. I'm two minutes over today. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.